Coach Harrison and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blacker. Before we jump into today's show, I want to tell you about my friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery with Fetch Me. You can count on Fetch Me to bring you consistent, good, local restaurant food that can be quickly delivered with the quality, just like when I am at a restaurant. I guarantee it. Uh, thanks to Fetch Me, there's nothing more important than keeping my family happy when we've had a long day, we're all hungry, we don't want to leave the house. Fetch Me is my go-to because I know that it's going to be quick, I know it's going to be convenient, and it's going to be priced appropriately. Highly recommend our friends at FetchMe. FetchMeDelivery.com or download the FetchMe app. And right now, FetchMe has a special offer for Locked On Auburn podcast listeners. Go to FetchMeDelivery.com and enter the code LOCAL and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's more than 35 bucks. Thank you so much to FetchMe for sponsoring this show. And it is a special show. It's a War Report Wednesday as we are joined by Mike G and C-Dub. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Zach? What's going on, man? I've enjoyed chatting with you guys. I I'm, I uh, I love that I I'm guaranteed to chat with you guys once a week. I uh, I think it's been a lot of fun. And as we record this Tuesday afternoon slash evening, um, Harson talked to the media earlier in the week, confirmed everything. Let's talk about the, the I guess the more breaking news, which is now confirmed. But uh, Tyrone Truesdale is uh, no longer a part of this football team per Brian Harson. Sounded like that was kind of the way it was going based on him not being there and reports, but Harson made it official. What do you guys think about that? Uh, well, I think they've been they've been pretty tight-lipped about why. We heard some rumors about family issues. Um, his response was very interesting when asked if Truesdale could return to the team. His response was just simply, he's not on the team. Very agitatedly so. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm not sure what to make of that, Zach. It, it, it seemed like at the start of the Brian Harson era, you know, work hard work was always going to be the theme of this new Auburn that he's building. And I think that a lot of guys struggled to buy in with that. Some guys saw the writing on the wall and jumped early. Other guys figured it out a few days into spring practice. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, uh, in trying to respect some of these kids' privacy, uh, if it was disciplinary for some reason, sure. I can appreciate that he did not throw him under the bus. Uh, but it does beg the question, you know, is this another casualty of work, hard work? Or, you know, is is Harson setting an example about things he's willing to accept and things he won't accept from this team? So nobody knows but Truesdale and Harson and a few people inside the program, I assume. But yeah. uh, they've got to they've got to reload and, and move on. C-Dub, with this news now being official, who do you think now needs to step up? There have been a lot of talk about Tony Fair, obviously. Lee Hunter, you know, the young hotshot. Can he kind of make a big step day one, uh, you know, this season? What are your thoughts of guys that you expect to step up here? Yeah, uh, you know, Tony Fair has, all, has, has been a favorite from the moment he signed with Auburn. Yeah. Many people were impressed with his size and what he could mean for this 3-4 defense. Uh, but some guys I'm looking at is Zacavius Walker. I'm looking at a Dre Butler. And, and in fact, uh, we had 
some some guys talking to the media over the weekend when when fall camp opened up Kobe Wooden and he highlighted those two guys mm-hmm. as guys who have definitely taken a step forward uh, since this coaching staff has been here since the spring. Uh, they've been putting in a lot of hard work. And so I'm interested. We have a lot of talent. I mean, despite the guys and the bodies we've lost uh, over the past several months and, and Jaron Handy, Jay Hardy, those guys, we still have some talented guys who've actually had some playing experience and have shown us flashes of what they can do. So I'm, I'm interested to see with Truesdale being out of the picture, it's next man up. Who's willing to seize the moment and wh- who's the cream that rises to the top? Right. Yeah. And there's plenty of options. I mean, th- this defensive front seven has a ton of dudes. I think we're going to see a, a ton of faces, you know, in the first two weeks of the season, just because, I, I mean, I think they're going to treat it like a preseason game because Auburn should be enough, up by enough where you're able to do some comfortable things. Sure. And then I think against Penn State, you're going to see maybe more consistency, less guys, you know, and kind of more reps go to the the, the cream that does rise to the top. And also, you know, it, I wouldn't be shocked if it varied game plan to game plan. If you see, you know, a, a more pass-heavy team, you see less Tony Fair, more Zekevious Walker and Lee Hunter, that kind of thing. If you see, you know, a, a run-heavy team, which you're seeing less and less of those, you may see more Tony Fair and guys like that. But all in all, I, I think it's okay. And, and no disrespect to Tyron Truesdale. And whatever the issue is, if it's having something to do with his family or something off the field, like hopefully everyone is okay. I, I think we all... Uh, I'll I'll agree to that. But if it was a discipline thing or just not a right culture fit, then, you know, hopefully both sides benefit from this. But it could be interesting to follow. It could be interesting to follow for sure. As far as, like, things that Harson said at his latest press conference, he was asked about the the chemistry between Bo Nix and Finley in the quarterback room. And his answer was like, um... Yeah, they get along, but like they're not out there at the same time, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, I love the honesty of that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a silly thing. Here's here's what I think. Bo Nix is a competitor. He wants to win. Hear me out. He doesn't give a damn about Finley. He's here to start. Finley can have his turn when he's gone. Yeah. Finley is also a competitor. And he's here to take the incumbent's job. That's how you build a winning football team, though. Both guys have to want it. And you don't have to root against the other guy to want to beat him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I said it, you know, previous uh, podcast. In the past, we've been sold by our previous coach that there was a tight quarterback competition in the spring. And we feel like we have two guys who can do the job and the guy who came in second just barely missed it. But if the number one goes down, we got another guy who can step right in only to find out that was the furthest thing from the truth. Right. So I hope now this is the start of, I hope everybody stays healthy, Zach. I hope everybody stays healthy and is prosperous, but it is college football. It is the SEC and injuries happen. And people don't play well. And defenses sometimes have other plans for your dreams than you do. So uh, in the event that uh, we have to make some changes, I hope that there is a viable backup to turn to. I was high on Demetrius Davis. The coaches Mm -hmm. made it clear that while he has a world of talent, he is not ready mentally to step in. I hope that they can get him ready by midseason. And then they brought Finley in to, to help 
push the incumbent, but also have a backup plan in case things don't go as planned. So uh, I like his answer, too. It's just like, I I don't know. Why are you asking me about chemistry between two guys competing for a job? I can only put one quarterback on the field at a time. What kind of chemistry do you need? Well, you know, in the lunch line, um, (laughs) Bo really, really encourages Finley to eat more steak. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Cares about that. Right. I just, I, I love that answer because, like, it's a question that gets asked every year, right? It's like, do the quarterbacks get along? Do the guys competing, you know, the, and that are like hypothetical leaders of this offense, like, are they getting along? But it's like, they don't need to. Like, that's a weird question that always gets asked. But in the past, Gus would have said, yeah, yeah, you know, they're spurring each other on. They're, you know, they're focused on making each other better, yada, yada, yada. But... I mean, we talk about it time and time again, and every time there's media availability, culture comes up, and I think this is an awesome byproduct of that. The whole fact that he's just like, he hears this question, it's like, who cares? Like, why do you care if they get along or not? They're they're battling it out. I mean, C-Dub, I, I think that's a big deal. I think it's a huge difference in what Harson's trying to change from the previous administration. Yeah, and and Gus was a tape recorder when you asked him questions after a period of time. You got the same standard answer about whatever's going on within the program. And I think with Harson, it's a bit of a change for media as well, because now I have to now think through on the actual question I'm going to ask him. And he's been very clear, even when he brought in Finley, he was asked about competition. And at the end of the day, it's about the individual. Right. Who and, and bringing in guys who want it, as Mike G alluded to, it's going to put pressure on you to do some soul searching to determine, OK, I say I want this job, but how bad do I really want this job? Mm-hmm. How hard am I going to work to go get it? And, and to me, when you begin to build that new culture at Auburn at positions across the board, not just quarterback, because he, he's he's talking about this with other positions as well. When you begin to build a culture where each guys are motivated and are driven individually, apart from who they're bringing in, who's leaving out, you're driven to be the guy. You have a pretty good culture and a good solid team that you can work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easy way to bet on all of your sports action. Head over to betonline.ag, whether it's on your laptop, your computer, whatever it may be, betonline.ag. And when you make your first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Something that Harson said at the end of his press conference is he kind of went on a, a long spiel, and I forget exactly what the question was, but he talked at length about how much everyone hates it when a really talented player doesn't get on the field. And there's always this thing that's like, you know, why are there super talented dudes on the sideline? And it's because most times they don't know what to do. And, you know, Harson and his staff kind of taking it as their responsibility to be like, look, you know, you got to do your part, but 
if you're not prepared, like we're going to do everything we can to change that. And it sounded like he was genuinely like he doesn't want it to happen where there's like these super talented dudes that aren't playing football and like how important preparation is. And that's an angle that we haven't heard from the head man at Auburn in a while. Yeah, listen, we're changing systems. And I think a lot of people are not understanding what a massive shift in offensive philosophy this is going to be for a lot of guys who have only known one thing their entire college career. So, you know, he's bringing in uh, new terminology, new play concepts, and you have to know, you got to know what your assignments are and what your responsibility is. It's the same reason, Zach, you don't put uh, a, a, a freshman running back in the game, even though he might be the most talented guy. If he doesn't know his responsibilities in pass protection, you might get your quarterback killed, right? So until they can pick up their responsibilities in pass pro, you might have to be on the sideline at critical times in the game for the guy who is maybe less talented, but just knows where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. So I think everybody's on a learning curve this year. Brian Harson is bringing in something very different. Uh, it, it, there are a lot more pro-style concepts in this offense. He runs what's called a multiple offense, but there are more pro-style sets. There, you know, it's not looking to the sideline to see if we're holding up a, you know, a, a picture of Bo Jackson's face to know what's going on here. This is going to be a little different for these guys. So. It's a wonderful face to hold up, though. Yeah, I mean, it's Bo. <laughs> <laughs> like looking at it. Speaking of freshman running backs. Y'all seen those pictures of um of DeAndre Hunter or uh I'm, that's not his name Jarquez, Jarquez, Jarquez Hunter Jarquez Hunter DeAndre yes. Hunter is a basketball player yeah Jarquez Hunter I mean that guy I mean that guy is built that guy a does complete, not look like an eighteen year old monster listen I made a prediction about Jarquez tell me he he will leave Auburn as a top three running back in Auburn history like you heard it here first in total yardage. I'm talking about top three. When we look back on it, we're going to say that man was a complete and utter monster. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm high on Darkwood's Hunter. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. How does everyone okay. deserve? Hey, hey, Zach, everyone deserves a hot take every once in a while. So hey, let's listen, explore this. Let's unpack listen, this. Sure. Listen, I mean, yeah, we've please. had a lot of good ones. We've we've had a lot of good ones. Let me just poke and prod for a second here. Okay, sure. so so what's the timeline? Because Tank's coming back next year. Yeah, so worst case, he's not the starter until his true junior season. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So um, how does that happen? Listen, here's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. You need, you just need, I mean, when we look back on C-Dub's it. C-Dub's liking this, by the way. <laughs> everybody thinks stats. Everybody thinks stats. Gotcha. You know, um, when I'm looking at Tank, I'm thinking, you know, hey, Tank's great. I think that. I think that he has the ideal, the ideal situation to come in into when, when Harson's offense is a little bit more settled and everybody knows what they're doing. He's got his, his thing going on and just pop on everybody and have a Heisman campaign. I think he's got that kind of talent. I think he's got that kind of work ethic as well, too. Now, let me tell you, uh, Cam Newton doesn't, you know, isn't t- uh, uh, the top quarterback in Auburn history in yardage. Right, but well, we could argue he's the best quarterback that's ever come through here. It's not even close. Really prolific season was all it took for them to build a statue outside the stadium of this guy. Okay, so Cam's Cam's not the only one that can do that. 
Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Jarquez can have the type of season that people will never forget. Now, I'll tell you, one of, one of the most underrated running backs in Auburn history was Trey Mason. Okay. He, he went to New York for the Heisman ceremony, and somehow, when we talk about best running backs in Auburn history, his name gets left out a lot. Totally. That, yeah. man, that man ran out ran for like 1,800 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a great year. I think he left. I thought he should have stayed another year. Um, he did get drafted and, you know, he had some issues at the next level, but when looking at Jarquez Hunter, you're looking at a workout warrior. We talk about strength and conditioning all the time on the war report. We're pro squats here. Don't, don't skip leg day. The 600 pound squat. This man has. Yeah. That man can squat your hopes and dreams, your problems, (laughs) all of it. He right. can put it on his back and carry it 100 yards across the field. And so uh, in, in, in this system that they're running, where we may have to be, depending on, on how, how they run passing concepts, you know, the, this is the SEC, man, and if you can run the ball, you have a massive edge on a lot of people. I think Jarquez Hunter is going to get his turn, and I think he's going to be a monster there. So you're saying in five years we look back and say, Bo Jackson, Carnell Williams – Jarquez Hunter. I don't even know if I would put him in that order, man, because I think I still think Ronnie Brown was a better, better. <laughs> okay, that's than fine. Sure, right. Okay. But uh, you know, there was some great. I mean, you talk about the Rudy Johnsons and all the guys, those guys who came through here. We've had I mean, some even guys like you know Kenny Irons. I mean, there, there's a ton. There's a ton. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Carry On should be up there too. I mean, Carry On was, was. I think Carry On's the underrated guy that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, Trey's exactly. up there too. Yeah, exactly. man. Has the has the NCAA rule where players can give uh, certain people nil deals? Because Mike is really. <laughs> On, <laughs> yeah. Are you like secretly his agent or something now? Yeah, yeah I'm like, he won't what, be the last one. Yeah, he won't be the last one I talk about. He won't be the last one I talk about. Yeah, you, you guys know who my other guy is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Today's show brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. Or I ordered a box of Built Bars over the weekend. Should be here any day. All their bars high in uh, protein, very low in calories, very low in sugar. But uh, they all taste absolutely delicious. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at Built.com. Okay, Caesar, let's talk about Mike's other guy because it sounds like he's starting right now um, in in fall camp. And uh, that is Malcolm Johnson Jr. I mean, according to to Justin Hokinson with AuburnLive.com, he said it on... On my show yesterday, he's putting in some of the board stuff there, but it sounds like he is starting over Kobe Hudson at that receiver position right now, which surprises me how early into camp that is. Um, but uh, yeah, are, are you his agent too? Uh, you know, we've been big on uh, Malcolm Johnson. Sure, we, we've been we've been big on him, and he came in with pretty heralded. He was a four star recruit. And and just didn't get an opportunity. He got injured, of course, but just didn't have early enrollee as well. So I mean, he should have been yeah. a senior in high school last year. Yeah. So it's 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 you know we're rooting for we're rooting for him. Have the kid can take the top off. He has the speed to take the top off of a defense, and so we just want to see him reach his potential. And and I think you know it was it was unfortunate to see Kobe Hudson had a big opportunity to make a big play in the spring game, dropped a pass, 
uh, that could have been some much more. Right. And you just want to know, okay, who's going to have the focus, who's going to be able to make when the quarterback puts the ball on the money. And in this type of offense, timing is everything. So when you get your shot, are you going to have the focus to make the play and do what the coaches need to be, need you to do. And for Malcolm Johnson to do that, I mean, I'm happy to see that the coaches are identifying a guy who they feel early on, you know, again, we're three, four weeks away from September 4th, but for them to identify someone that they can rely on to be able to put them in a position to make the play is encouraging from a unit that many people said was very underwhelming coming out of spring. Right. Right. Mike G, is this music to your ears? Yeah, listen, I've been high on Malcolm Johnson Jr. since January. And I told everyone who could would listen. I told my grandmother, make sure she rest in peace. I told anybody who would listen that Malcolm Johnson Jr. was going to be the next guy. Now, why is this significant? We had a guy who was a track star, uh, arguably, well, I think undoubtedly the, the fastest guy in college football that we could not get him the ball. Right. So what a blessing it is to be able to get another guy with maybe not Schwartz's speed, but you're talking about a kid who ran a 10.3800 meter dash in high school. He's fast. Yep. He's fast. And he can take the top off the defense. During during the spring game, during A-Day, I thought it was clear that the, the coaches recognized what kind of talent he had, because he certainly got a chance to go out there and put it on display. Mm-hmm. He he pro- he made probably arguably the best catch of a day on the on the deepest ball. Yeah. And he got behind defense a, a few times uh, other than that catch that we weren't able to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. So um, what does this mean? everybody is freaking out about wide, the wide receiver position. And I keep pointing to what I feel is a wealth of talent that will benefit from a offense with a, with better timing and better route trees other than goes and hitches, mm-hmm. to, you know, and, and, and they're going to be, a, he's going to, Malcolm's going to be in a position to make some plays this year. Now, Again, that's super important because opportunities are going to be limited. We, we, we've interviewed former Auburn receivers that played like uh, during, during uh, Campbell's years, Jason Campbell's years. And one of the things that they would tell us were, hey, listen, we had two top five running backs on the team and Carnell and Ronnie. And we were a run football team. You didn't come to Auburn as a receiver because you were going to, you know, uh, uh, win awards for best wide receiver. You came because you were going to be on a run first team. And when you got the chance to make a play, you could not drop the ball. You couldn't miss. So guys like Courtney Taylor and Devin Aroma should do and Ben Obamanu, those guys make catch after catch after catch after catch in the few opportunities that, opportunities that they got. And I think that that's what's going to be this receiver receiving course challenge. Is, is that depending on how the passing game develops, because you can't throw the ball to yourself, all you can do is go out there, run your route, and try to help your quarterback out the best you can. Right. Um, uh, opportunities may be limited. We have maybe a, a Heisman contender at running back this year. Sure. You know, um, we've got an offensive line that was definitely better at run protection, uh, run blocking than they were at pass pro. And then you have some receivers that just have to go out there and do their part. I think Malcolm Johnson Jr. can be that one game-changing play 
a few times this year that will be the difference between seven and five and nine and three. Hear me out, Zach. I'm cool with that. There were, there were a couple of, of plays last year where if we could have found Schwartz down the field, it would have completely changed the momentum of the game. Right. And he was open. And it was more than a few times we missed it. And they now only, you get the only time they really nailed that was LSU when we were up by like right. 20 points. And I was like, yeah. well, why can't you do that? Like when a game's competitive, you know, when the game's on the line. Yeah. Right. So we, we just we need that. I think that he provides that dynamic for this offense. And and the true test of this Auburn offense will be can they solve the, ver- the, the vertical downfield passing game? Right. 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 Because defenses in 2021 are going to load the box and they're going to dare Bo Nix to beat us. And when you get your chance, you got to show them why that's a mistake mm-hmm. or tanks going to have a really rough season with a loaded box, trying to beat every linebacker and, and defensive end and tackle in the SEC. Yeah, no, you're right. You're so, right. so high on Malcolm Johnson, Jr. Uh, I have it on good sources now, I don't know who Justin's talking to because clearly they're smart people. Clearly, Justin is talking to smart people if they agree with me. But <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Malcolm is a film junkie. Mm-hmm. This kid is not only have the athletic potential, but he's in the film room watching the film, learning the mental part of the game and getting ready for that as well, too. So I'm, I'm really excited about what, what his career at Auburn could be. Right. Gentlemen, tell me about, uh, tell me about the war report. What do y'all have going on? C-Dub, fill me in. Well, you know, of course, as you're listening to this, it's Wednesday. So we have our Wednesday night war room that you can check out on YouTube. We are at the war rapport. And as usual, that comes on at 8 p.m. Central time, 9 p.m. Eastern. If you're on the East Coast, cool. we'll be pretty much talking about what we talked about today. Uh, we've had a lot of people talking to the press between head, the head coach, the coordinators, to even some players getting uh, some some opportunity to speak to the media and just kind of what has come out of that. Of course, we'll we'll talk more about the Truesdale situation. So if you want more content, definitely check us out at the War Report on YouTube. We'll be doing a live show later tonight. Cool, cool, yeah. And uh, fill folks in one more time how they can find all of y'all stuff. Yes, we are the War Report. You can find us at the War Report on Twitter and Instagram. We are TW Report on TikTok, and you can also we're primarily on YouTube uh, at the War Report. But we also have a podcast that we can also check out. We're everywhere where podcasts are streamed, and uh, that's how you can find us. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much for hanging out with me for a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for having us, man. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.